0: How are most creators with degrees in creative fields, especially high art, living today? What are some of the unexpected ways they're navigating the world of uncertain arts funding, dwindling local art scenes, and the attention economy? And what might we learn from them? My name is Emma Katrovas, I'm an opera singer turned experimental performer, and I decided to find out, one artist at a time. Each creator I interview is an answer to how to live as an artist today, and there are as many answers as there are artists. If you like the idea behind this podcast, consider subscribing to the newsletter sent out on the 13th of every month. You can find all the relevant links in the description. Here's to being on the verge beautiful. and the fish were frightened. Beautiful. Beautiful. So beautiful. Welcome beyond the edge of the voice. Meet Felicità Brussoni, Italian singer and voice researcher. This is her performing a piece by Vinko Globukar called Jenseits der Sicherheit, which one might translate from German as Outside of the Safety Zone. This piece came out in 1981, but remains one of the more out-there pieces in terms of the vocal techniques it demands of the singer. It was also in part this piece that inspired Felicità to pursue the study of the limits of the human voice. Cut to a more recent piece, Anaphora, from 2001. This composition solidified Felicitas' journey beyond the edges of vocal production and directly led her to pursuing a doctorate at the Malmö Academy of Music in Sweden, part of Lund University, where the composer of this piece, Michael Edgerton, is director of artistic research. Anáfora is basically a catalogue of 56 classes of vocal multiphonics or in layman's terms, two sounds produced at once. At the beginning of her doctoral studies, Felicita named her project A Voice Beyond the Edge. And as that name implies, this is definitely going to be an episode for voice geeks, but also for those of you who like the bizarre. Felicita and I talk about the inaccuracy of the term extended vocal techniques, about the somewhat hard-to-define but increasingly popular discipline of artistic research, about the difference between extended techniques in the mid-20th century and today, about the prehistoric origins of the voice, about Felicita's fresh discovery that humans can produce ultrasounds, but also about singers Kathy Barbarian and even Maria Callas. And at the end, Felicita even tries to teach me an extended technique I hadn't done before. to
1: mixed results. From when I was like newborn or something, I already started with a lot, a lot, a lot of strange sounds. It wasn't really like a normal baby shouting and everything but really I was I would say already experimenting things without knowing it. Nevertheless I guess that my first meeting with music in general was with a keyboard. My mother told me I you know we we were at some friend's house and you approach this keyboard and you know sort of autistic kid you stayed the whole the whole night with this keyboard after that they rented a little piano and i guess it all started like that i was like six years old and then at some point i became like little overwhelmed with all these piano things the scales that the so boring for me and I attended a opera singing concert and was like, oh my God, uh, these people can do all these things with voice. That's amazing. I want to do that. So, of course, I started my training in opera because that is how it works. I mean, you have to study bel canto. I I can say it was easy to start with opera singing because it seemed that from the very beginning, my voice wasn't really the one of opera. And, you know, in Italy, we have this huge tradition with big voices you know very projected and my voice was I would say also weaker than the normal opera singing voices and very uncatchable if there is a term like that so you 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 couldn't really say I was a soprano maybe light soprano but that was only because of the weakness of my voice so my voice was maybe crystal clear but Little So at the beginning, I just choose to do some Baroque music. I joined a group Renaissance and Baroque music. And 10 years ago, there was a professor in my conservatory. He was looking for somebody to sing Luciano Berrio's uh, folk songs. Never heard about that. Like, what is that? Like, okay, it's folk songs or what is that because the instruments were pretty you know unusual and i remember that from the very first beginning of our rehearsal i was like launched inside a a new world of sounds and that was amazing because come on the folk songs were really folk songs nothing like you know strange or weird or uh, creepy in that I started posing some question on myself like okay but why are we doing all these things like coming from the far away past like opera singing it's very old so i started to collaborate with whoever of course the first composers i i work with were students from the conservatory in my hometown there was this uh, laboratory named lab muscont laboratory of contemporary music so it's musica contemporane in italian of course and we started making things like okay trying out new pieces written by the students but also some pieces like randomly graphic scores of the 40s and 50s or some Berio some uh, Louis andreessen some really easy Stockhausen. Uh, I remember first of all <laughs> one of my Best favorite pieces ever. Vinko Global Cars, Jenseits der Sicherheit, which, okay, the title means everything yeah. of the piece. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, how, how can I do this? How can I do that? So that's how I discover what the overtone singing is, or, you know, melting two sounds together like whistling and singing. And that, of course, opened me another world. and then of course, when you start digging into contemporary music, I mean it's it's very hard to 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 come out This is the world you knew. Now I had to take the, you know, the red pill, and wow, everything is different. <laughs> it's like you know that was Matrix, but you're outside the... of it. <laughs> the vocal so, red yeah. pill, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, whoa, and then it turned out that you know all these new techniques were just around the corner because other, other countries under... F- types of folk music had those techniques from the very beginning as we had the opera singing or pop music or whatever they have the throat singing they have the overtone singing they have this inuit throat singing amazing they have a kargyraa and tuva they had i mean yeah whatever you can do with voice because a voice is the is the original instrument really and it's very interesting and amazing in Acknowledge knowledge how different countries in different parts of the world enhance the techniques that we all have the same. So yeah, it was like... like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I discovered what was artistic research because it, it wasn't at all clear to me and that took me like 6 months and still I'm not sure <laughs> of what artistic research is and of course there is a huge debate about around that we make new knowledge through artistic research being artists mm-hmm. so that's that's the, the thing the first thing i did was to establish the title of my research because that gave me the frame of everything mm-hmm. So it was clear to me that at the beginning, the title should have been a voice beyond the edge. Mm -hmm. Then the problem was, okay, but what is the edge? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, the edge could be that we did for the whole life for opera singing, and now we're trying to develop new techniques. But then I started to explore the techniques from other countries, so maybe the border is our culture. Or maybe the border is inside me, so my body is the final border of what I can do or can't do. But am I really aware of where is my limit in doing things with voice? Like even very simple things like what is the limit of keeping a sound? Okay, of course it's my breath, but What happens if I push the limit? Mm. So of course the sound goes a little shittier (laughs) (laughs) but then maybe I can discover new sounds. Or another thing, simple, very simple example is what's in the border between two vowels? Mm -hmm. You have a vowel E, Mm -hmm. vowel U, what's in between? And then you discover that if you pass from vowel, one vowel like e to another vowel like o, you discover another world, which is the world really? of the inner sound, the harmonics. Mm-hmm. So simply going from e mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, in opera singing you were always told okay, e o and You just can't have something in between. And that also is the possibility that some new technology gave us since like 20 years, maybe. Mm -hmm. The fact of using these new machines, like some laryngoscopy or EGG, in order to explore the instrument from a scientific point of view, of course, Mm -hmm. give you some other ideas of... What are the limits? Because when you see the vocal folds, you figure out why you can't do some sounds. Of course, I'm not a scientist, but I can collaborate with scientists like mm-hmm. laryngologists or bioacousticians or phoniatricians, pho- mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. But what is very clear to me is that. I have to feel, fulfill some gaps that we have in the singing knowledge yes a lot of experimentation has been done in the 70s we had amazing singers that also tried to put up a method like deborah kavach we had beautiful amazing artists like meredith monk david moss John la barbara we have joan la barbara amazing uh, so yeah, a lot of these people. So we have material. We can, of course, start from that. And normally, what I do in my everyday life is to try out new things randomly, improvising on something that could be something from nature. Like I, I hear some sounds from birds, from whatever I can hear from outside. And I try to play with it. I made recordings Then sometimes I improvise on my recordings, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. to find some dialogue between the voices. And I love also to collaborate with people, so I started some workshops at the Malmö Academy of Music with the singers that are there, like the students, uh, singing students, but also from the jazz scene, like exchanging thoughts and trying techniques. At some point, uh, I was contacted by a singer from a Stockholm, and she she came out with a new sound. So we invited her in Malmo in order to record this sound, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be a very strange, creepy sound. Like <sighs> a, I can define it as an ultrasound because it really stays over the normal limit of hearing. Also. Mm. So the sound is about from 10,000 hertz to 15,000 hertz. So I learned this sound from her, and we put it in a spectrogram Mm. to to analyze it. And in the spectrogram, we saw this fundamental frequency was very high. Mm. Around, at the time, was 13,000 hertz, like Mm. something like Bats or rats mm. or you know dolphins. And you learned something. this from her. I learned the technique, and at some point I wasn't even able to to hear it anymore. And it was like, oh my god, I'm already frustrated because I, I can't do it anymore. But then I put the sound in the in the spectrogram again, and it turned out that I was making a sound around nineteen thousand to twenty thousand hertz. So like, okay. That's why I can't hear it. I can hear only up to 17,000 hertz. This makes me
0: think if if a singer sings and you can't hear them, are they singing (laughs) or something something like the tree in the forest?
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, as you can see, a lot of questions come around like, okay, so that's the first reported uh, expression Mm. of ultrasounds Mm -hmm. in humans. Wow. How do you produce it? Oh, so it's, it's... I don't know if I can make you hear this, but well, it comes probably out... Probably not. I'm not a bat,
0: so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it comes out with together with a lot of air, mm-hmm. like if you were producing some noise air, like... <sighs> mm-hmm. But then you have to filter this air or if something occurs in the throat. This air takes some v- vortex somewhere... We still don't know mm-hmm, where. Mm-hmm. And that's very difficult to understand because mm-hmm. we can't see air right. movement, even if we go with a laryngoscopy. Right. So that will be something to work uh, around. So uh, some kind of vortex starts in mm-hmm. somewhere in my throat and this produce uh, a, some sort of, I wouldn't say vibration, but something like that. Some reflections mm-hmm. inside and mm-hmm. this very, very tiny whistle comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hear.
0: It's making a very strange sound. It is. It's. It was doing something like some kind of uh, static, actually. Exactly. Something like that. Interesting.
1: The problem again is that you have this noise, air Mm -hmm. noise. So. How can we get rid of it in, in a in sense of having using this in a musical way? Can we use it in mm. a performance? Probably half of the audience can hear this. Mm. <laughs> or can we maybe boost it with mm. some you know electronic uh, patch or mm. something? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the idea is, how can we use the sound in a yeah. musical way? Of course, this could be a a discovery, new discovery in the't know scientific community in the bioacoustic world mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. but I'm interested in what can I do with this as a mm-hmm. singer? Well, I mean listening to Edgerton's
0: work that I've heard you perform at least in recordings, yep. I mean he. He's all it's also like at the same time a catalog <laughs> of, yeah, exactly. of different sounds that he organizes in a certain way. Exactly. To me, it's interesting because we talk about extended techniques and we were always going back to the classical, that classical is basic and extended is beyond that. But classical singing is actually an extended technique because it's not you're amplifying the voice, you're using, you know, the different things to to create a certain effect, which makes a lot of sense for a certain kind of music and, and non-amplified singing over orchestra, so that is an extended technique because no one is born doing it. But in the mid 20th century, when Kathy Barbarian started, kind of launched this whole thing, as far as I I can tell, what they were using, which she often was using, uh, and what the composers whom she inspired. Were, using, were actually almost the opposite of extended techniques. They were using everyday sounds a lot of times. So then that was the cutting edge back then. Right, Grunts and laughter, even even talking, even coughing. Sounds that actually are not extended because they are normal sounds that people make as opposed to the classical sound, which is learned. And now it's flipped. And what you're doing is something totally at the edge of, of, of human capability that s- scientists didn't even know we could produce. So that's that's to me, that's a very interesting shift that has happened within the whole extended technique sphere, I guess. yeah.
1: right. Um so again, the problem about this name extended, yeah, it makes no meaning. I mean, we have many techniques, and opera singing just is just one of the techniques. Overtone singing is another one, Pop singing is another one, musical like belting or this kind of stuff as other techniques. So maybe we just have, many, many techniques. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what happened with Katy Berberian, she has this tradition from the Armenian community. She was born, yeah, basically in the US, but of course her family was Armenian. So maybe she carried with her this background from another country. Mm -hmm. She was living in a new country, uh, dealing with opera that comes from another country again. And she was totally open-minded trying to catch all the interesting sounds from wherever. Mm. I've read some interviews to her where she talked about... She, she, she loved Maria Callas mm. and she was like very intrigued by variations, mm. the, the, the shapes that Maria Callas gave to, to, to the voice, to opera mm. singing, and we all she was uh, like a revolutionary singer for opera singing. She brought everything through the more realistic content to the, the, the understanding of the text, to the sensibility of the, the actor inside the, the, the common singing practice. So, for sure, she was interested, but by something that wasn't that clear at the time. Why? 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 And then the, the the great thing happened with a collaboration with his husband uh, Luciano Berio. Catherine Barbarian's husband. Yeah, Catherine Barbarian. In in Berio memories, there are these descriptions of. Uh, like everyday life in Berio's house Mm -hmm. with Cathy Berberian going around like doing whatever with voice from Mm -hmm. lullabies to screaming to like chatting to Mm -hmm. speaking in Armenian to singing Monteverdi. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's how he got the idea of writing Sequenza 3 for solo voice. And basically it's all about uh, a journey inside um a day of a standard woman we can say mm. and and that's a a, a kaleidoscope of, of sounds that everybody can have i mean mm. what happens if you record yourself like 24 hours <laughs> and yeah. then you cut off the—I mean—the mm. the less interesting things. Maybe sequenza tre comes out. Really, <laughs> all yeah. the emotions—and that was the revolutionary thing with that piece. The emotions mm. were totally binded to the sounds.
0: <laughs> 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 and
1: that another yeah. thing that is really. F- huge interest in me because Mm -hmm. we all have extended techniques of of Mm -hmm. this strange sounds in our everyday life the thing is that we are not aware of them Mm -hmm. and they come out only in together with some strong emotions so for instance if you cry you're making a lot of amazing sounds like ah," you know and this (laughs) uh, whistle tones like you like Mariah <laughs> Carey and you know don't know it <laughs> <laughs> of course the thing that differs a vocal performer from an, a standard human beings that a vocal for performer can do this thing like on command mm. and for a huge amount of time without damaging the voice but we have also to to take in consideration that we have these extended techniques mm already embodied, you mm-hmm. know, in voices. Well, I mean, the, in the beginning, that's what extended techniques
0: were. They were adding a humanity to it, actually. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. They, you suddenly you could express things that actually... I mean, they. you know, there was some experimentation with that, I think, with opera always uh, that... that once in a while, in very dramatic situations, you would have something kind of extra vocal. But those are very special occasions. And other than that, you had this wonderful, smooth uh, sound, very uniform. But what's interesting to me now is that when you talk about what you're the, your cutting edge, where you are right now, where extended techniques are now, the sounds have become so strange yeah. <laughs> and so uncommon. and so, And they really are at this point extended in the sense that actually people do not make them in everyday life. But I think what you must be interested in, what I'm hearing that you're interested in, is that, okay, so we have these sounds, but how can we cre- create something expressive with them, actually? Yeah, how exactly. can we communicate with them? So what are some of the interesting things that are happening with actually making music and expressing something with these sounds?
1: I find the more, more, most interesting thing in connection to emotion or to some ideas that they, the composer has. They, they start with, you know, random questions like okay what is your vocal range and I start to explain it's it Mm. all has to do with timbre and then we sort of try out things in order to achieve their ideas Mm. so like okay I'm writing something about Dante Inferno Uh, I would like to have some sounds you know very creepy very this and that Mm. so I will like let them hear my multiphonics and then we mm. find a way to link the multiphonics to the normal singing in order to have a, you know something more weird mm. or like oh this I want something that reminds of youth you know some like infant singing mm. so okay that's perfect for you know using falsetto together with air like simple things like that ah which Mm -hmm. is an extended Mm -hmm. technique as well, because Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, forbidden for opera singing. Or, yeah, like percussive sounds, whatever. The aim is, again, to achieve musical uh, needs.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: musical needs. It's interesting how you
0: describe this. I mean, singers who really specialize in new music, this is how they work with composers a lot of times. I noticed that... Modern dance is actually a little bit further along in terms of this right. idea of collaboration right. and offering movements to the choreographer and, and really building something for the bodies of the dancers. And I think that that's, well, that's the future, I think now is really this sort of uh, the way you're doing for more singers to to do it. Because if you, anyone who's academically trained is absolutely not prepared, I think, for to do this because exactly. you first learn how to do the score exactly and very faithfully. And you're not you don't get very used to offering anything of your own.
1: And also I'm fascinating about the relationship with the audience. The last thread in arts, yeah, in arts in general, is Mm -hmm. towards a more immersive art performance. So I'm also guessing, yeah, but you know, it's still the concert situation where you're a singer and the public is there, maybe Mm -hmm. seated, maybe bored, maybe whatever. How can you change things again how can we go beyond the border of these things yeah so i'm also thinking about new strategies new environments for these extended techniques or for mm-hmm. the singers themselves why can the audience be not be involved mm-hmm. let's involve the audience i mean we all have voice that's the thing that could mm-hmm. be something very the, the most democratic instruments yeah. ever yeah really and also uh, I, we could say, yeah, but you know, if you would like to have a real inclusion, you would include also people that can't use voice. But there are projects about that. I've saw an entire choir project about people that have been surged with a tumor in the mm. larynx. So basically they don't have the larynx anymore and they have to learn to speak without using the vocal folds. Uh-huh. So using other... Mm. Things yeah, of your the body, like cords. yeah, for okay. your the stomach, the things, all mm-hmm. the valves, the other valves that we have. Because... You can use your stomach to speak. Yeah, 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 oh, to produce okay. some plosives and stuff. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. But in the end, larynx is a, is a valve. Yeah. It's yeah, nothing yeah, more yeah. than a valve. Actually, I've re- I've read uh, an article about the fact that at the beginning of history, the larynx and the vocal folds were supposed to be only a valve in order to not drown yeah. yeah it was only a mistake that made yes, me yes yes yeah somebody lifts something very heavy mm. and it leads to do like Ugh! and yeah. that was the beginning of mm. using the voice
0: they weren't even intended for making exactly. sound in the beginning they were intended as evolved to keep water totally out another, of the... yeah,
1: yeah exactly so that's also interesting and yeah i, I would like also to expand this environment Your favorite sounds (laughs) (laughs) of course yeah I want to start with my overtone singing oh Mm -hmm. I love it because it was really my first yeah I guess my first uh, extended techniques or Mm. what we call it and so I'm very uh, still linked to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) emotionally because really what it was the start Mm -hmm. and yeah again I started learning it just because it was inside the score of Mm -hmm. IncoGlobocar Thing and I was struggling a lot and then I discovered the technique that comes directly from Tuva which is that what they call the ziggit. basically you put your tongue backwards in order mm-hmm. to uh, block the the sound the formant of the sound mm-hmm. so you can filter the the harmonics there are inside the sound mm-hmm. so your basic sound is something like oh, 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 oh. very strange sound uh, but then when the tongue moves and you change the harmonics while uh, a new whistle comes out. Wow. <laughs> if you don't put the tongue mm. and you, it's like a shouting, it's like, ah, mm. but then you have to... Ah! block Mm. it. Mm. Also I love some multiphonics. Mm. Multiphonics coming from the vocal folds for instance, like this sound that I just developed again by chance because it was Trying to, <laughs> this <laughs> sounds really silly. Uh, I was trying to imitate the, you know, the nuts ghouls from the Lord of the Rings <laughs> movies. <laughs> I was like, you know, I want to do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I developed this strange sound. Oh.
0: So this is uh, isn't that this is multifonics and what's happening is that your yeah. vocal cords are vibrating at two different yeah you know,
1: basically they're vibrating yeah. like like in a random way mm. like of course asymmetric asymmetrical but yeah. it's a, a, an asymmetry of course that i i can't control yeah or of course i can control like the 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 the, the pitch mm-hmm. like i can i know mm. if i can be in mm. the higher pitches yeah. or the lower, but I can't really control what pitches mm. comes out.
0: Yeah, but these sorts of multiphonics, there's like many, many different types. I mean, yes, not many, of course. but
1: many. Yeah, uh, you know, the the um, idea of multiphonic is very broad because you yeah. can have, you know, a voiced sound together with voiced mm. sound. Like you can match the vocal folds mm. sound. So ah uh, normal a. Uh, mm with uh, the the um, false vocal folds which are just yeah. upper, upper over the vocal folds mm-hmm. and if you match them uh, a new sound will come out full of harmonics again mm-hmm. and this is again is a technique from the Tuvans. and mm-hmm. you can also find this technique in South Africa Cosa women or in the bass singer from the Cantua tenore in Sardinia mm-hmm. and it goes like that and then they filter a little bit the Mm. harmonics in order to have like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. but the basic thing is that you have together with Mm. this uh, (laughs) vibrating yeah so this is yeah voiced Mm. and voiced because Mm -hmm. it is again coming from a sound And, but then you can match like voice thing, like again, coming from the vocal folds together with a a whistle, for instance, Mm -hmm. which is not something that comes from a a vibration, but it comes from a vortex of air. Mm -hmm. So like, uh... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something like that. So it's again a Mm -hmm. multiphonic or you have a lot of things that can vibrate inside the oral cavity, like the uvula for instance, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. uh, that's Mm -hmm. the uvula. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you put some voice in it, it becomes like, oh yeah, the last days (laughs) I've developed this cute sound, like a little (laughs) little bird. And this is so cute. <laughs> and then you can let like, vibrate all the I would say fricative sounds. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the right term. All the throat uh, membranes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Edgerton have developed also a sort of map mm-hmm. where you can Uh, exactly point out where the frication occurs like Mm. if it's here more in in Mm. forward or little behind (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and of course this make different sounds like if I add some voice there it's Mm. or going backwards in the throat different sounds yeah of course what I want to mention is that it's we have to change the aesthetics of Mm. considering of this all these sounds so there is at some point also a problem of aesthetics Mm. used in considering different sounds we Mm. don't have the ear prepared for Mm. all these variations yet yes yet, because I think we're gonna have it. For instance, I'm very interested in the beatboxing world, because mm. they're developing very fastly new sounds. Of course, yeah. the, the the intention is to use them as a percussive thing, mm-hmm. and, you know, imitating electronic music and stuff. Mm. But I think we can find a, a channel to join the two things because they are developing a lot. I mean they have this oral tradition developing mm. methods, developing sort of schools. They have also different styles right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm very into it. It's amazing what they do. Like It, it is, is just exactly. out of this world, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah and then I mean you can also have unvoiced sound together with unvoiced sounds like mm. nothing coming from the vocal folds. You just have mm-hmm. for instance Liz vibration mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, lips mm-hmm. like bleep buzz or mm-hmm. whatever you can would call it mm-hmm. together with I don't know the 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 tone mm-hmm. so you have <laughs> 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 things like that you have sounds I mean you have mm-hmm. yeah lot of sounds a
0: lot of sounds, <laughs> lot of sounds. Yeah, but not even you know <laughs> that's just not scratching the surface even yeah because i have exactly, exactly. edgerton's book and it's it's just incredible it's a whole i mean it's just an incredible catalog of sounds and i'm sure i mean it doesn't even mention the ultrasound that you discovered so yeah, exactly <laughs> there's still exactly. expanding <laughs> It would be fun if maybe you tried to teach me like one
1: sound in real time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have one very simple one. Okay, okay. Uh, Basically, you just have have to try to match Mm. the normal vocal sound with the fry. So the fry goes like. uh Uh, and the vocal sound is uh mm -hmm. what if you
0: match the two things together fry and normal sound together
1: yeah it's a thing of imagination mm -hmm. But what, what
0: what should happen is that, that you hear two pitches, that you hear the fry and the pitch at the same time. What
1: happens is something very strange also for f- acoustical physics because mm-hmm. what happens is that it comes out one octave, a sound that is one octave below. Lower, okay. Yeah, and, and you can have the subharmonics from that sound. Okay. So the final sound should be yeah. this. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, Ah, it's like this almost bronchidal sound. <laughs> it's like so it's like what happens when you have a cough or something. <laughs> exactly. Well, even uh, if you're very lazy,
1: you know, in the hmm. morning you're like uh, and I just think. And you feel like it that, in your in your chest that. actually. Uh, uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is what you do every day, all day, yeah? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I try thing, like yeah. okay, I have it here, like very low. Uh What if I do a glissando and move it like upper, like uh... Mm. Uh... so? I'm trying to use, you know, normal variations that anyone could do in a musical Mm. way of doing with things and. yeah to try out new things. Uh,
0: Okay I'll have to practice this more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah for sure,
1: but even when you're lazy like uh, you start talking uh, like that because you're very tired of speaking, uh, like no breath uh, support, nothing. uh, 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 Even more uh, relaxed. uh, uh, uh,
0: Yes, it's coming out. uh, uh... This Yeah, it's kind of flickering in and out. Interesting. Okay. Yeah,
1: it is. It is, <laughs> is super. Yeah, and this da- doesn't damage it at all because it's no. very relaxing yes, yes, for yes. the vocal folds. But it's actually not doing anything. Yeah. It's I mean, very... no more than opera singing. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it's even less damaging than opera singing. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> opera singing is pretty violent, actually, to the voice and to the for body. Sure. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that convo. If you're interested in exploring unusual vocal techniques, Michael Edgerton's book, The 21st Century Voice, Contemporary and Traditional Extra Normal Voice, always seems to come up in conversations about so-called extended vocal techniques. If the music we discussed in this episode seems too inaccessible and avant-garde, I suggest you keep an eye out for one of Felicita's future projects, which she described as crossover contemporary rock progressive grunge. To follow Felicita, check out the links in the description. Oh, and I think I figured out how to do the sound that Felicita was trying to teach me. Something like that. I'm not sure if it's exactly correct. In any case, practice makes perfect no matter what you're trying to learn. Uh, Here's to being on the verge.